and I, I said to her, what should I do? And my, it was my mom's idea, so I give her credit. She said, you need to talk to a priest. Welcome to the Pints and Pews podcast. I'm your co-host, Dennis. And I'm your other co-host, Robert. And we're just a couple of guys talking the Catholic faith over a pint or two of our favorite beer. So why don't you pour yourself a pint, pull up a chair, and listen in for the next little while. As we take the faith seriously, but not necessarily ourselves. And as always, if you want to take part in the conversation or have an idea for the podcast, leave us a comment or swing by our Facebook page and drop us a message. Dennis, buddy, how are you doing this evening? Good, Robert. It's light out. It's still light out. And we're making our first nighttime podcast with light in about probably six months, I think, Robert. And you have another excellent guest lined up for us tonight. So we're really excited about that. Yeah, well, thanks be to God. Like you you said, it's nice to have that sunshine out there later in the evening. Uh, we were just chatting briefly here with our guest about, about the temperature. So it's a, a balmy 12 degrees Celsius. And uh, you did the math through Google. I and did. it came up to 54 degrees Fahrenheit. 54 degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah. So when I was walking the dog just before dinner, I actually only had a spring jacket on. I didn't have to put my parka on. Well, I had my toque, though. I put on a toque. I did, I did walk the dog with a toque, but I forgot to mention this is an historic guest. Is she not? Yes. Uh, no, and it's historic because after a year of podcast, we have finally our first our female fir- guest, our, our first lady guest. And, uh, lady guest. and, and uh, that's all thanks actually to you, Dennis, because you kept saying, you know, we, we need to. We need to broaden our horizons. We need I to... can't believe we waited a year for this. Yeah. This is fantastic. And you've lined up such a great guest, Robert. But yeah, it just seemed, we just seem to get a few priests in there. And obviously, we don't, uh, you know. And then next thing you know, you got this, you, you work with this particular guest coming up. You've, you've done uh, shows with her, I believe. You, you count her as a personal friend. So uh, we'll get to her introduction in a second. Yeah. So yeah, just before I introduce our guest, I wanted to give... Uh, Myself, two quick shout outs. Two quick here. shout outs. Two, two quick shout outs. I was going to do three, but uh, our yeah. guest is waiting for us here in the wing. So we don't want to keep her waiting. Uh, you never want to keep the ladies waiting. Uh, right. I, le- I learned that a long time ago. So my first shout out, Dennis, actually uh, is yourself for yeah. keeping me accountable through Lent. Right? You threw down the challenge. My Lenten challenge was to avoid sweets and not to have sweets after meals, no desserts. And last week we were at a retirement party for a colleague. And I kind of lost track of where I was and when we were and what season it was. And, you know, after having a couple slices of pizza, when they brought the cake out, completely, you know, went blank in the brain and picked up a piece of cake. And just as I was putting that first forkful of cake into my mouth, you looked at me and kind of like, what are you doing? You know and, what, Robert? And it was so funny to see the look on your face when you mentioned that, because we I had taken that challenge as well. And we've both been doing pretty well. And I guess it was just a, a mental lapse on your part. And but the look on your face, you had completely forgotten about that. Oh, you actually you should have taken a picture. We I should have, have taken we, a picture. We could, we could have, have brought it up. tonight. And I'd been so good that day because, like I said, it was a colleague who was retiring. So there were like all these fancy donuts in the departmental staff room and chocolate and other. And I was I didn't touch anything all day. Um and then I go and I have, by that point, I was on a pint and a half. And maybe that's where the blame should lie. Yeah, the blame should lie a, in that. A, a little but bit more relaxed. I'm telling you, it's been it's been really difficult. Like, it has been a challenge, I think, because I've seen, you know, so much chocolate around the house, donuts. We had muffins this morning. 
And I've, I've been pretty good. I've been proud of myself. I think it's even easier than it was for the beer that I gave up. Was it last year? Or the last year, last year you gave up beer. We started to have a show about having a beer and talking the faith and you gave up beer right for the beginning, but that's right. We talked that's that, that that's, that's in episode number one. If, if our listeners, right. And I'm and... enjoying your other challenge too, the imitation of Christ, Thomas a campus. So I'm on the second, not chapter, but the second part too. So I think, I thank you for that, Robert. That's going well as well. Oh, awesome. And again, like I said, I thank you for, for keeping me accountable. It's really important through Lent. We make this journey together and we, we, we need to keep each other accountable. And so I have one second shout out and it's kind of actually linked a little bit to our guest. So my, my second shout out for this episode is actually to a, a very good high school friend uh, of mine. Her name is Louise. Uh, and Louise has started a, a fundraiser um, called A Home to Thrive In. Uh, and Louise has spent 30 years working with people who suffer from mental illness. And she's uh, actually worked in the group home settings and, and, and the living situations in these uh, these group homes for people who suffer with mental illness. Uh, she says are really kind of cookie cutter and, and basic, and they, they provide maybe food and shelter, but not a whole lot more. Uh, and in many instances, the staff are, are underqualified. Um, now, Louise has done some research into this herself, and she, she knows that you know, based on scientific research that sound nutrition and exercise and sleep and leisure pursuits uh, help all of us, but especially people with, with mental health concerns to help them thrive and feel better about themselves uh, and become more productive and lead a, a gratifying life. So Louisa started a GoFundMe page because her, her goal is to um, open a, a home uh, herself uh, you know, for, for people who suffer from mental illness. And her, her goal is actually first to, to buy a property so that she can provide these services and, and provide a home to thrive in for these people. So I will put that link uh, up in the show notes and I'll put that link uh, into our, our Facebook page. But I also wanted to mention that, like I said, this kind of leads me into introducing our guest for this episode, Dennis, in that our guest today uh, also herself has uh, th does a lot of work for people on the margins and, and people who are in crisis. And uh, her, her recent book that came out last year is actually called Love and Care for the Marginalized. And it's 40 meditations, spiritual readings uh, for Catholics to, to reflect on to help people who are on the margins uh, and who are suffering in, in many different ways. So I wanted to introduce uh, now our guest, Anne DeSantis. Anne is a wife, a mother of two adult daughters, a Catholic author and speaker, as well as a model and actress in the greater Philadelphia area. Although she had a career before motherhood, she is now working as a director of the St. Raymond Nonatus Foundation for Families in Crisis in the Philadelphia area. She's also the co-host of the Sewing Hope podcast. She has her own podcast, Journeys in Faith. And because she just wasn't busy enough, Dennis, last year she received her master's degree in theology from St. Joseph's College in Maine. So a wife, mother, model, actress, recent grad, podcast host, and foundation director, someone that we call not just only a friend of the show, but I also humbly call a, a personal friend, Anne. Welcome to the show. Thank you for joining welcome, us. Welcome, Anne. 
Oh, Robert and Dennis, it is my honor. Such a great privilege to be on your podcast. I've been looking forward to this. Thank you for reading my bio and for your kind words. Oh, you're welcome. Like I said, we're, we're so excited to have you here. Absolutely. We, yeah. We, we lined this up. I think we lined this up way before Christmas mm-hmm. for you, for you to come on. So it almost kind of gets forgotten in, mm-hmm. in the shuffle sometimes. Um, but Anne and I, we've known each other year, year and a half now, Anne. Mm-hmm. Yeah. About that. Y- Maybe even take- going on two years, possibly. Yes. Since well, the pandemic, you, you you've put up with me for that long, so <laughs> God God bless you. There's a, a special place in heaven uh, for you. Now we we first met through the Smart Catholics, yes, work. This, through Dominic de Sousa. And for those listening, if you haven't checked out the Smart Catholics website, it's a beautiful website and a community there at smartcatholics.com. And if you go on the website, I think the rest is self-explanatory, but it's, it's really a beautiful place for Catholics to meet and to listen to great talks and to communicate. Yeah. And they have their own app as well. Um, yes. So it's kind of like the, the, I don't want to say the anti-Facebook, but it, it, it is set up a little bit like Facebook um, for Catholics to share in community and, and to get together. Um, and listeners can go back through the archives. We had Dominic on, uh, I believe it was last August or, or September that, that Dominic was uh, a guest on the show as well. And we, we spoke about Smart Catholics. Uh, and then also you were gracious enough to have myself on your Sewing Hope podcast uh, as a guest out of, out of all of that. So, and yes. I know I've got Dennis hooked on the podcast as well. Absolutely. Robert sent it uh, a little while ago there. And, and I can't believe you've got 182 episodes and you've only been up and running for two years. You started during the pandemic as well, I, I believe. That is exactly right. We started in March of 2020. It was literally when the pandemic began, as we all know. Right. And, and so I we remember just celebrate our anniversary, two years. Two years. And, and I think one of the episodes that he sent me was Ministry Ups updates and you did a show just with the ministry that yourself and bill are doing and, and it, it was a full episode so incredibly how busy you are and the good work that both of you the two of you are doing so that that's good and you mentioned something about maybe you can get a little but a parenthood episode that was forthcoming i don't know if this was quite a couple of months ago i think when you taped it so it could be up and running as, as we speak so maybe you might want to talk about that a little bit later in the show absolutely thank you so much i would just say to those listening if you want to learn more about the sewing hope podcast is our website is patchworkheartradio.org and they're very it's a very nice website great great organization there on the page the way that my co-host set it up so you can just go right down and see the description of all the different podcasts at patchwork heart radio Right. And I think Thank Robert you. will probably put that link on the mm-hmm. uh, show as yeah. well, Robert. Yeah we'll, yeah, we'll get that into the show notes and onto the Facebook page as well. As you can hear already, I'm getting a little bit raspy from all, all of the this chatter here. And I know, Dennis, you're probably getting a little bit antsy. So uh, right. did you want to open first, Dennis? There we go. There we go. You go ahead and pour away. What are you drinking uh, with us here this evening, Anne? Well, I'm breaking the rules a little bit. <laughs> At least it's an alcoholic beverage, I guess, yes. since you're drinking beer, is that I have a glass of Cabernet, and it is from a winery in California called St. Francis. My husband and I really love their wine, and, and we order it directly from the site in, in California, and we just love their wine. So if anybody wants to check it out, just St. 
Francis Winery, and I'm not exactly sure where they're located in Cal Southern California somewhere. Got to be like Napa or Sonoma or something like one of those. Somewhere around uh, there. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, good. I wrote that down. Yeah. Yeah, and again, I'll I'll look them up and I'll make sure that I get that into the show notes, like I, like I usually do as well for the the beverages. Uh, and I love the fact that uh, the wine is titled Saint Francis. Yeah, it it's, is. It's named yes. after one of the the great saints of our faith, right? So that that helps it go make makes it extra smooth on the way. We'll see if we does. can get that up here, maybe in the Certainly vintage does. section or something. Yeah. So Dennis, what are you drinking this evening? I've got a German uh, Pilsner today, Robert. He, I'm going to pronounce that. Uh, Robert is the man of many languages. Yever. Uh, uh, yeah, I would J. say Yever or Hever because yeah. the, the J in, in German is more of a like an H or a, H. a Y. But um, I, I like the Pilsners. It's uh, Chris. It's it's kind of bitter. It's a little bit hoppy. I know you're big on the hoppies and it's got a dry finish. It's more of a, I really like this one, but it is more of a summer drink, but I'm anticipating it. You know, the weather wasn't so bad today, so I, I can see summer is going to be coming very shortly. So I yep. thought I'd go with a nice sharp pills. And, and yourself? I, I was going to say, yeah, with the, we had snow just the other day and it was, it was quite cold. And so again, with the, the balmy 12 degrees Celsius, yeah. 54 Fahrenheit, uh, a nice crisp, uh, you know, Pilsner to beautiful, but let's not feed into those stereotypes that we just had snow because Amer our American guest is going to think it snows all the time up here, Robert. <laughs> pretty, it pretty much, but... it's pretty close. Yeah, so oh, I'm drinking from the the Kitchissippi Brewery out of Ottawa, Ontario, and it's it's become one of my favorite breweries. The, the That's easy for you to say. Let's let's try that one more time. It's one of my favorite breweries. Oh, you mean no, the title, the, the beer, title. the the Kitchissippi. Um, handcrafted out of out of ottawa it's in the the west end of ottawa kind of between Nepean and canada for for those that know the greater ottawa area um, but all of the beers i've had from them i have absolutely loved and i featured a couple of their other beers on the on the show before and again a, a summary kind of day if you want for us uh here in the toronto area so um i have their hellas so a, a crisp golden beer and it's entitled hell or high water so that that helles or hella in german is light so the light colored beer in german and i guess they just decided they were going to throw the high water for hell or high water on there so we'll get to the the grace before beer come and you know the rest of the expression right but you're yeah but you're what do you got like is it a five percent or you went to still your seven seven point five like the last few shows four point eight Oh, okay. 4.8. So uh, a nice light beer for, for this evening. So we'll say grace before our beverages and we'll be able to take our, our first sip. Oh, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Bless, O Lord, these creatures, beer and wine, which thou hast deigned to produce from the fat of grain and the fruit of the vine, that they may be a salutary remedy to the human race, and grant through the invocation of thy holy name that whoever shall drink of them may gain health and body and peace and soul. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the, the Son, and of the Holy and Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Cheers. Cheers, Cheers. Robert. Yeah, we've both got light ones today. Two, two lighter beers oh. and a nice dark ruby red Cabernet. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yes, so, from St. Francis Winery. From St. Francis. Right. St. Francis didn't let you down, Anne? Not at all. No. 
Otherwise, we wouldn't be return customers. <laughs> Um, and so this is where we kind of get uh, out of the way and we just ask our guests to share a little of their uh, faith foundation, your faith story. And you can go back as uh, as far back as you want to go. Okay. I'll, I'll probably give you the shorter version because sure. I think with anybody's faith journey, it could be a very long podcast. So <laughs> I won't, I'll, I'll cut it down a little bit. So I, I am the oldest of five and I was born and raised in the Uh, what we call the greater Philadelphia area, which is pretty much the suburbs, you know, outside of Philadelphia. So I've always been here my whole life. And um, I uh, was married at the age of 24 to my husband, Angelo. He's probably listening to this podcast right now. Say hello. Hi, hon. (laughs) And um, we we have two beautiful daughters that are in their uh, mid-20s. And uh, my faith journey began... Well, obviously it began when I was baptized, right? When I became a baptized Catholic, because I was born and raised from the very beginning. Um, And I would say that there was a time in my teenage years that I became lukewarm with my faith. Less, unfortunately, as some do. Um, But, and then I think I rode along on that path for a while where I was going to mass, but I wasn't necessarily thinking and living for God all the time, if that makes sense. You know, oh, when com- I was completely, a, yeah. completely a younger you- person, you know, in my, in my teens and twenties. And, and so right. what really rocked my world, I guess, was at the age of 34, after I had had my second daughter, um, it was two months after I took her home from, from the, I, I had her at a birth center, take, took her home from the birth center and the, the childbirth went great. Everything was fine. But then I started to not feel well. Um, I started having shortness of breath. I started feeling dizzy. I started feeling um, almost like those allergies, sort of asthma symptoms, but I knew it was something more than that. And so I went to the doctor and the doctor also thought that it was asthma and she put me on asthma medication, everything, but wasn't going away. And in fact, it was starting to get worse. And so then I called the doctor back again and I said, listen, you know, it's just not working. And so I came back in and she decided to send me over to get tests um, for my heart. As they say, just to rule out, you know, how sometimes they say, let's just rule this out. And so they, they did the EKG, which, which is like the basic test that they usually give mm-hmm. to when you first have heart issues. And um, lo and behold, she said, it's abnormal. So you, you do need to go and, and get, get t- checked out by a cardiologist. And so uh, first they sent me for tests. And then I guess it was a little bit later on uh, that week that I got a call, but maybe it was almost immediately because what they saw was something very frightening, uh, which was exactly what I had feared because I felt almost like I was dying. And I knew I was right, even though the nurses and the doctors were saying, Oh, you'll be fine. Maybe it's, you're just depressed or something, you know, but I knew that it was something worse. And so when I, when they called me, they said, you know, the doctor wants to see you right away. Um, if you can get here tomorrow, that'd be great. Or even later today. So the, the, the appointment was the next day. And I walked in, I had a two month old baby and a two-year-old and you never forget those words. When the doctor says, there's no easy way to say this, 
And he told me to sit down. He took the baby, told, told my husband to take the baby and told me that I shouldn't be holding her because it was too much strain on me. And basically what it was, was congestive heart failure. And as we know, as your listeners probably know, it's pretty serious. Mm-hmm. And so it's a disease that comes sometimes, it's a very rare disease um, called peripartum cardiomyopathy. And what it is, it's a disease of the heart muscle and it is um, heart failure. Now it's not a typical heart failure because the, the onset is, it is a, a pregnancy induced uh, disease, but it's very rare. It's a one in 10,000 pregnancies. So chances are you may never meet anyone that ever has had the disease at all um, because it's pretty rare, but the causes are unknown too. It has, um, I was told that it doesn't have much to do at all with uh, heredity or with, um, you know, pretty much how you take care of yourself because they think it's an autoimmune disease um, or it could be um, uh, something from a heart virus, like a virus, you know, I, I even think of something like COVID, you know, like, I just don't know. Cause I know they say that even the COVID virus was around way before, you know, before this time. Right. So not saying that that's what it was, but in long and you're, story, you're how old at the time. And when you I was 34, this, you were 34. 34. Okay. Just mm-hmm. remind. Yeah. So you're, you're, so, you're, you're young, two young children, very young children. Yes. Two months old, two, two years old. And so what happened was I was absolutely devastated. And I said, oh my gosh, you know, because the doctor told me there was no cure. You know, that's the first thing he said, we can put you on medicine, but some people who get it really bad, they can even have to have a heart transplant. And so I was just absolutely devastated. And I remember coming home and I called my mom and I I said to her, what should I do? And it was my mom's idea. So I give her credit. She said, you need to talk to a priest. And so I immediately called my church that I was registered at our church. We were new to the area. And that was before a lot of the cell phones and, you know, answering service. The priest picked the phone up. (laughs) He picked the phone up and very uh, rare younger Mm. priest. He was actually younger than me at the time. And his response was, I'll be over in 15 minutes. And so he came over to the house and he administered the sacrament of the sick. And just to give you an idea of where I was in my faith, I had kind of forgotten what the sacrament of the sick was. I I had always thought of last rites, but I didn't really understand the whole idea of the sacrament of the sick. Mm -hmm. Well, he took out his little black prayer book and he anointed me and he said all the prayers. And I was just beside myself with tears. And, you know, I got to talk to him about a little bit on my faith journey. And I remember praying. I said, my grandmother had passed away back in 1993. And of course, back then it was maybe about seven or eight years before that. And, and it came to my mind that my grandmother had said before she died that don't forget to to ask me to pray for you, because whatever it is, I'm going to bug God and I'm going to ask him to, (laughs) to bless you. And you, and those who are listening or close to your grandmothers, I know you understand what I'm talking about. And maybe even you, Rivera Dennis, Mm-hmm. And so right then this something came over me that God was going to answer that prayer. And a week, I think it was a week later, I had to go back to, to get another test. And when they gave me the uh, ultrasound and the, the uh, echocardiogram, excuse me, the echo, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. echocardiogram, 
Uh, the person who administered the test was the same person who gave the test to me. And believe it or not, she actually started crying because she said she couldn't believe that she saw the improvement after just uh, whatever it was, a week or two weeks or whatever it was. She, wow. she said she wasn't, she didn't want to tell me for sure, but from what she could see, it was looking a whole lot better than it did the last time I was in. Yeah, those well, technicians are kind of between a, between a rock and a hard place because they know what they're seeing, but they're not allowed to tell yeah, you what, really what, what right. they're seeing. Right. And so just to end this part of the story, um, and I, I do have one more part of my faith journey, I'll share just a shorter portion on that, was that I got the phone call later that day where the doctor told me that it was true, that the ventricle had actually gone down to its normal size. And the nurse or the, the technician was actually standing there and she said, yep, I'm here. I, I'm here to confirm that. I saw it myself. And um, it was just a miracle. I mean, and I'll never, I never forget the way that I felt getting that call. It's sort of like winning the lottery. It's sort of like. <laughs> I'd say it's better than winning the lottery. Yeah, it's better. But it's something like that, you know, that some people can equate. Then when I said, oh my gosh, because I had prayed to God that I get five years, 10 years, 15 years. Well, it's been 20, 23 years now. In wow. fact, my anniversary for this for 23 years is this month. Wow. And, and did the doctor have an explanation at all, Anne, or did as to why that ventricle closed or no, he didn't? Yeah. I mean, no, he didn't. But all okay. I could, this is, she's a funny story though. One mm. that connected story was that this this doctor's father, if you can believe this, after his mother passed away, his dad became a priest. <laughs> wow. Okay. Wow. So that's part of the story. And yeah. I can only say that maybe just maybe that that, and I don't know whether he was alive at the time or not, but can you imagine wow. being that doctor to call your dad, the priest and say, guess what happened to me? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So oh, a year wow, went that's a it is a wonderful story. That's a wonderful and a, story. And a year went by and I, I did have to kind of watch my health for the, the year after that, but I've had a clean bill of health all these years and it's just, and sorry, any medication that you had to take? No, right at, I'm not even on med. I've not, huh? I was on medication for a little while, but yeah, I'm, I haven't been on it for since 22 years or 20 wow. and over whatever what a great it was. Story. Yeah. It's a great story. And then another story, which I'll make shorter when you want my faith journey is that, um, my life went along very well in terms of my faith and my family, but my daughter went through a hard time in 2009 where my faith was tested because she went through some emotional issues that we had to take her to get help. It was very difficult. She was only 10 years old at the time, and I just had no idea why this happened. And I think she's fine with me discussing this, but what happened to me to finish off this faith journey was that I was led down a very, very difficult road of my own depression. And meaning that um, I wasn't myself. I felt like I had lost who I was and it lasted. I hate to say this lasted longer than the heart condition lasted about four years where I was not myself out of sorts. I prayed, went to daily mass and did all I could, but God was not revealing himself to me in the way to bring me that healing because I just went through the most difficult time of my life, even worse than the heart condition. 
And what did I learn from that? Well, I'm going to hold up now that those listening on the podcast can't see this, but I'm holding up my book. And the book is called Love and Care for the Marginalized. And the answer to my prayer was that I think what God showed me in those four years was what it feels like to feel kind of left out, marginalized, rejected, just not yourself. And I can only say that I'm, I'm, I've been through with it now for a long time because that was back in 2009 and it lasted until 12, 2012. So now that's 10 years ago. And my life has really taken off in, in, in wonderful ways since that time with all the things that you said in the bio. So I'm just grateful to God that I got through it. But the answer to the prayer was that God revealed to me kind of like Mother Teresa when she said you didn't when you can pray so hard and you just don't feel God. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened to mm-hmm. me. Um, and, and so I'm just so glad I got through it. And I can only say that I think God allowed it for that reason, that I can understand other people's suffering. Yeah, so no, that's my faith story. So wow. like the, the so notion nice. of the, the gold that's tested in fire or that, you know, when you, you, you have to carry your cross and you have to go to your own Golgotha. And we're, as we're recording this, we're going to be heading into Holy Week next week, but we have to go through our Good Friday if we want to get to our Easter Sunday. Right. And, and that's kind of what you were sharing. And, and as you were telling both of those stories, uh, as you were sharing, when you first got your heart diagnosis from the, the cardiologist and he you know, immediately took your, your infant daughter from you to give to your husband because of, of the strain. And I think all three of us here, because all three of us are parents, is especially when the kids are younger and you are faced to one degree or another with your own mortality, it's like, who, are, who, who is going to look after these children that God has entrusted to me, right? And there, there is just that, that need, that innate uh, need to look after these children that God has entrusted me with getting these kids to heaven. And if I'm not going to be here, who's going to do that? Right. And I think that's, you know, as a parent, that that's one of the, the, the biggest worries and concerns that we have. And it doesn't end when they grow up, like you were sharing when, as your daughter got older and our own children's worries can lead to our own mental health issues. And, and you spoke about your depression, but one thing I really wanted to, to, to key on and from your story was that, you know, we, we all have had some kind of medical issue at one point or another. And I know uh, Dennis can attest to this because he took a few months off from the podcast and, and from work because of that. And we go to see the doctors and we go to the nurses and we get the tests done. But how often do we call a priest? Right? How often mm. do we look to yeah. our faith to help us heal? Amen. Right. And I know, Dennis, you spoke a little bit about that when you were going through through your own health issues. As right. Far as- and I want to, when we're done later, and I'm going to get your grandmother's name because I want to, oh. I'm going to start praying for Thank her you. and to her oh. as well, because um, we, we need to start the process of canonization mm. there because it's quite evident that she does have our Lord's ear. Oh, I believe right? it. I do. Absolutely, she yeah. went through so much. I mean, just to interject one thing was she lost two kids, two of her four, um, her, her oldest daughter died eight weeks after birth and her 23 year old son or oldest son died in a drunk driving car accident. And in 1961, a long time ago, but I mean, 
that left her Still. two daughters, which was my mother and my aunt. And I was the oldest granddaughter. So that was also probably partly why I think she was very close to me yeah, and, and her, she loved all our grandchildren. Yeah. And, and, but just a special connection. And there mm-hmm. is that, always that special connection with our, our grandparents. So if you still have your grandparent, you know, give them a call, get in touch, mm-hmm. spend time yeah. with them. This time is that, that most precious gift of all. From that, as you, you, you shared about your, your book and that call to kind of work with the marginalized and you came out of that those four years and how did that faith journey not just the the first the the medical crisis and the miracle from from that but then also afterwards the second part of your faith journey how did that bring you like you say help you feel what it's like to be marginalized but how did that then bring you to the the saint raymond nonatus foundation Oh, well, thank you so much for asking that question. Um, It's definitely kind of two separate little stories. So um, I'll start with the foundation only because that came first before the book. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the foundation came came first. And so uh, my story there is that in 2012, now it's all, it is connected though. um, I was looking for a spiritual director. Two of my spiritual directors had died in a year. I had two that died. One, one had cancer oh. and it was a, a priest. And the other one was a sister who died. And she also had a different form of cancer. And so I was like kind of beside myself because I thought, you know, these were great people that I really got along well and they helped me so much. So I started to call around. And of course, I live in a metropolitan area. So we have a lot of churches and religious orders. So I had a Catholic directory. And I just opened it up and I looked under like monasteries or whatever. And I thought I'm bound to find somebody. And so I finally came to this one that said Our Lady of Mercy Monastery. And I thought I had no idea what it was. So I called the phone number and I got a brother on the phone who was actually like studying to become a priest. They called him brother, but he was not quite a priest yet. And his name was a brother, Daniel, who's now a priest. And I told him my story. I said, you know, I've had two spiritual directors die. And I said, I just went through a really hard time, something to do with my daughter and been depressed. And he said, well, I'm not a priest yet. And I'm not a spiritual director. He said, but I can recommend one of our priests. So what he did was he told me to call this other priest. And so that was Father Matthew, who is one of the the priests of our religious order that I actually work with now in the foundation, Father Matthew Phelan. And so he became my spiritual director for a couple of years and it was wonderful. And not only that, I became a third order Mercedarian. Now, third order, you might've heard like a third order Carmelite or a third order Dominican. Well, this religious order has its own third order too. And so um, I went through, it's like a process of learning about the order. And then I made my promises and promises to be a prayerful and active member of the order. And so that was back in 2017. My husband also went through with it too. So we're both third order members of this order. Now in 2017, what happened was they founded the St. Raymond Anatis Foundation for Freedom, Family, and Faith. It's a nonprofit that helps families in crisis. And they hired their first director 
who was a wonderful woman and did a lot for the foundation. But after six months, uh, she decided to leave suddenly, unfortunately. So Father Matthew was also very acquainted with me, a friend of mine, and also knew me from being the third order. He called me up and he said, Anne, Nancy quit and we're having an event <laughs> and I need help. He said, we're having this you know, Catholic event and we really need help. Can you please help with this? I said, sure, I'll help. So not only that, but they hired me as the administrative assistant. And then in January of 2018, I became the director of the foundation. So I've been with them now for over four years now. And actually now I'm the executive director, kind of different title. <laughs> Um, and it's wonderful because what we do is we make a pastoral outreach to families in crisis. And so if somebody's listening and you're going through some type of a family crisis, we, everything that we do is free. We are a Catholic nonprofit 501c3. You can make a free pastoral appointment with us, with one of our Mercedarian friars. And all you need to do is reach out to me on our website at nonatas.org. It, and I'm sure that Robert might put that, that in the notes. That, 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 um, that'll end up in the show notes and on the Facebook yeah. <laughs> pages as well. And, yeah. and, and I can attest to the, the beautiful work that you're doing there at the, the St. Raymond you. Onatus Foundation. Again, I, I've had the, the pleasure and the privilege of, of working with Anne on a couple of different projects with the St. Raymond Onatus Foundation um, for families that are in crisis. Uh, we did uh, an online series, and it's available on your, your YouTube page still, uh, where we spoke about how our Catholic faith helps strengthen our, our marriages. Uh, and I had recourse, uh, not for myself, thanks be to God, a uh, um, you know, beautiful wife, wonderful wife who, who supports and, and prays for, for our marriage daily. Um, but I've had, I, I've referred your website to people that I do know who are having some sort of a family crisis and they have been able to find some resources, even if they're not in the greater Philadelphia area, they have been able to find some, some great resources to help point them in the right direction to, to start reclaiming their family and bring their, their families out of crisis. Mm -hmm. So uh, it, it's wonderful work that's, that's going on there. Yeah. It's great work. I, I and and I was just going to say, how, how would, um, if people are interested, like, how would they get directed towards you as opposed to like a secular organization in Philadelphia? Like, it's great to have that Catholic um, alternative, so to speak. Yeah, I would say that the way that we get referrals for the most part is through online. People f seem to find us on Google. They find us through search engines. You know, if they key in something like fa family crisis Catholic or something, it, it'll pop up. And so we do get, I would say at least 80% are people that found us online. Okay. And most of the people that contact us, um, as opposed to phone calls, uh, most of the time I get emails. So I'll get an email where someone will tell a story or request on our website. Like we have a link that says, speak to a priest. And so they'll fill out the form and then they'll contact us. We also have a prayer request one too. So if anybody's listening and you want to send hmm. us a prayer request, you can send us one. And we will seriously pray for you, whatever that is. I'm just trying to think, Robert. Would there be something similar in, in the Toronto area under Share Life, or like? I, I think for the Share Life in the Toronto area, you would be able to find something similar. Um, I believe it's Catholic Family Services in the Archdiocese of Toronto. Um, 
if I'm wrong, then hopefully a listener will correct me on on that. Mm-hmm. But for sure, for sure, for sure, if you were to look under the share life umbrella, you would be able to find something similar to the St. Raymond Nodatus Foundation uh, that would help families in crisis. And again, it's it's easier. It's easier to reach out through the internet, send an email or fill in a, uh, an email request page on a website because there's, you still keep that little bit of anonymity. Right. Right. Yeah. As, as opposed to yes. picking up the phone and mm-hmm. calling or, or, or meeting face to face. But I would also suggest is, is reaching out to your parish priest. Uh, he won't have all of the answers. He won't, he won't have most of the answers, but your parish priest will be able to put you in touch with somebody who does have the answers, right? Uh, as difficult mm-hmm. as that is to do face-to-face. Um, so yeah, no, check out the St. Raymond Nonatus Foundation website, nonatus.org. Uh, and then up here in Toronto, the Toronto area is the Share Life uh, umbrella for that as well. And so this work that, that you've done in, that you say, and, you, and your four years uh, of spiritual dryness mm-hmm. brought you to, to write love and care for the marginalized, right? And I had kind of written in the questions I'd sent you earlier this week, you know, what was the inspiration for the book? And you've already shared that with us is the, um, that, that spiritual journey, that, that, that spiritual dry journey that you were, you were on. Um, but I, there, there's a couple of things here that I, I just pulled out of the introduction to the book where you're saying it's just a, a series of reflections that are geared to opening our hearts to those who are marginalized. And so often, like you, you said from your story, we don't realize what that's like and we can't understand and, and, and we really don't know about that. But as Catholics and as Christians, we're called to love and care for, for the marginalized in imitation of Christ. In well, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree yeah. more. And may I say, Robert, if you don't mm-hmm. mind, and oh. Dennis, um, I would like to just address one thing, because many people, when they think of marginalized, we think of the homeless, we think of someone in the hospital, uh, maybe someone whose spouse just passed away. I mean, there's all kinds of things that come into our minds, and they are certainly are marginalized. However, They are also people that we know that we see every day, whether it be at work, at school, at church, inside our home, neighborhoods, um, so many places that we might not know that they're marginalized, but they are. Because my definition of marginalized is those who do not have the love and support that they deserve. And let's face it, everybody deserves to have love and support, but not everybody has it. And, and I think when we wonder, when we see bad things happen, say people who do wind up getting very severely depressed or suicides or all kinds of things like that, you know, uh, a lot of times we don't really know or recognize the signs, right? But there are people who don't have that support. And they sometimes people just want someone to talk to. They want someone to listen to what they're saying without judgment. And one of the things that I've said before in other talks and podcasts is that people do not want to be fixed. You know, we as Catholics, sometimes we like to pray for people so that they can find the light and find Christ and be healed. That's all beautiful things. But people don't want to feel like they need to change for someone else, right? They don't want to be someone different than who they are. 
if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Oh, a- absolutely. And yes, uh, I- I'm just going to jump in with two quick little, not anecdotes from that, but just recently, twice, I've heard kind of the exact same thing where you're saying, you know, people don't want to be fixed. Um, and twice I've heard the same conversation uh, where one person has said to the other, do you want me to help you with this problem or do you just want me to listen? Right. Um, and I've had a, an incident um, also too, where, you know, was giving someone what was going through, they were having this, this problem, this crisis, give a solution. No, that won't work. Give a second solution. No, that won't work. Give a third solution. No, that won't work. And then the person finally says, you're not listening. I'm angry. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, see, they, yeah. they, they weren't looking for a fix. They just needed someone to listen to them. That's right. Yeah. And I think a lot of people think about it. A lot of people just, they don't have somebody to be a sounding board. Right. Yeah. And so it, you're doing God's work when you are allowing them to have their feelings, you know, and I think sometimes we as very devoted Catholics, we may have a definition in our mind of what a devoted Catholic is, right? Mm-hmm. Meaning, of course, is it someone who goes to mass every week, someone who maybe go to daily mass, someone who has a large Catholic family, um, or maybe they homeschool their children, or they're very active at church, and they have a lot of friends that are very similar to them, you know? But let's face it, in our world, not everybody's going to fit that definition, there's single people, right, that may never get married, may never have any children or something, you know, or maybe they've been long divorced and they're old. So, I mean, it's just, it, it, I think we need to take away those definitions of what well, our definitions of what we think is a devoted Catholic, because there's many saints that were far from the, you know, the, the, the definitions that we have in the Catholic ministry circles that are online, Right. Yeah, many there, of those saints many were mar- the same. marginalized, weren't they? And right, exactly. Yeah. They helped the sick, didn't they? They helped the poor. They cared about the outcast. They didn't try to get everybody to be just like them and to follow exactly their Catholic footsteps. Right. So I think we just need to keep that in mind. Now, when when I when I did listen to your podcast there, and you mentioned that you, you do have a couple of balls in there, you mentioned about uh, both a parenting um, a ten week. Uh, I don't know if it was a podcast that you were doing with Bill, or or and and you also mentioned something which I thought was really interesting. Something you were doing a joint project about, uh, you know, outreach to people who were chronically ill, and both phys- both in a physical sense, but also you were talking about you know, people with sometimes having some mental issues that they're dealing with. So I thought maybe you could speak to maybe both of those or any other things that you're doing right now. Dennis, I really appreciate those questions. Um, So one of the things that I'm involved with is the Sewing Hope podcast with my co-host, Bill Snyder, similar to what the two of you do, but it's Bill Snyder and I. And right now we are doing a parenting series and it's a 10 part series where we're talking about different stages of parenting, but it's specifically geared about spreading the faith. So right now, in fact, I don't know when this podcast will air, but the the last one that we did that'll be uh, actually airing this evening will be ages 13 to 15. And so all they need to do is go to YouTube at Patchwork Heart Ministry and just look at all the different podcasts there. There's the Sewing Hope Parenting Series uh, playlist that you can listen to. 
Right. So, so it goes what, it goes chronological, the whole parenting. Yeah, that, we started it okay? out. That's right. right. We started the first one on before birth. And then okay. we went to ages zero to one. And then we, we went all the way through. So right now we're at ages 13 to 15. Oh, okay. And so, how many more left? Uh, are you probably about halfway through now? Yeah, we're more, actually, we have uh, four, we have, uh, we're at, we just did number six. So we have seven, eight, nine, and 10. So we're going to cover like teen and college and even early twenties and, and like, and beyond. So, uh, so keep an eye on that one. Excellent. Now, what you were saying about the sick and the people with chronic illness, chronic illness is that on our website, you know, when we say we help families in crisis, you know, a lot of people think of like relationship issues. Okay. They might get divorced or something. And that's true. We help people with those, but some of the crises have to do with sicknesses. Some of those crises have to do with the husband or wife that has maybe cancer or heart disease or even a psychological or emotional illness. And so we do try to make outreach to those people, whether it be their spouse, their parent, there's people like me whose parents are older and maybe starting to fail with their health where, you know, maybe they need some support and someone to talk to about that too. You know, us, the three of us here all being in our fifties around mm -hmm. in our fifties, we have parents, some of us whose parents are alive, they're starting to decline. And right. so people need that support too. And so, yes, we, if you go to our website, you can read all about the different ways that we help those families in crisis. Dennis, thanks for that question. No, that's excellent. No, Robert had put me onto that. And I thought that was just because I had gone through a couple of illnesses in the last, but I, I and I was lucky enough to get over them, but I, I'm just, I was just thinking to myself at the time, as I was listening, that if that's that chronic illness, you need that support. And, and oh, that would be do. a great piece to listen to, to have, I think you're working with a couple of professionals, if I'm not mistaken, a nurse practitioner yes. or something like that, right? Yeah. So. Yes, we do. I mean, we have our board of directors. We have a wonderful team of board of directors, um, but the best place to see our outside resources, to go to the helpful resources, outside resources page, because we do have all kinds of resources okay. on that page um, that you can choose from. Right. So yes. I might even just do a little subsection in the, the show notes. Yeah. And we'll have, oh, we'll have the link you. to don't know, .org. And, it, and it was those outside resources that, uh, you know, I was able to refer to uh, some people uh, who were going through a crisis. And it wasn't, like you say, it wasn't necessarily uh, a divorce crisis at that point in time. It was more of a, a, an illness crisis. Um, and so those resources, I know they, they found very, very helpful. And so you know, I, I'm I'm thinking here, Am, you know, the the work that you that you are doing, that you have done, that you are doing with the Saint Raymond Nonaz Foundation, uh, the work that you've done through Love and Care for the Marginalized, your your book, uh, the work that you do with the podcast, and just uh, and as well your faith journey that you shared with us right at the very beginning. I'm just wondering, is there a, a saint quote? Uh, or a, a quote or a saying of some sort that have, has kind of, you know, kind of helped you get through all of this or when you are having a crazy busy day and you've got all of these balls up in the air, is there a, a particular saint or a quote that you turn to to help you get through? Other than St. Angelo, who allows <laughs> you to do all this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I will say this. Um, I told you that I went through my tough time between 2012, excuse me, 2009, 2012. Uh, pope Francis became Pope in 2013. 
And I must admit, I mean, when he came and became Pope and he chose the name Francis, which of course, St. Francis, CC is one of my favorites. Has nothing if to do not, with the wine. not my favorite. Not, nothing, nothing to do with not, the wine. Nothing to do with the wine. <laughs> Maybe a little bit. <laughs> but anyway, um, he came to Philadelphia in 2015 for the World Meeting of Families. Synod, yeah. And when he came to Philadelphia, I got to see him. I got to go to the mass, which was <laughs> beautiful. And on top of it, that was when our foundation was founded. Because the friars that I work with, after the Pope said, we really need to do something more for families in crisis. These friars, this religious order said, well, we need to do something. And they, that's when they founded this, this uh, religious, this um, nonprofit. I was so, going to ask you if there was a connection there with Pope Francis's visit yes, a couple of years before. Yeah, absolutely. And so the quotes that I came up with that I do turn to, I love his quotes on mercy. And I think my all time favorite quote that he said about mercy was that a little bit of mercy makes the world less cold and more just. That's one of his most famous quotes. And another one that he said was, let the church always be a place of mercy and hope where everyone is welcomed, loved, and forgiven. So I would say that those are probably my two top quotes from him in terms of mercy. And, um, and I do turn to that one about the little bit of mercy because he's saying that it doesn't take a ton, right? It doesn't take mm-hmm, mm-hmm, tons of time. Like sometimes when someone comes to you and they just want you to listen, it just takes a little bit of mercy to make the world a little less cold and more just, doesn't it? In other words, we can yeah. smile more often. We can listen more often. We can care more often. And we can stop what we're doing for 10 minutes for someone. It's just a little bit of mercy that makes the world less cold and more just. Nice. Amen. Amen. Yeah, just that we have that tendency to always be wanting to push our agenda forward. We need to push through whatever um, whatever area we work in. Dennis and I are both teachers, and sometimes you feel like it's just all about the curriculum, and it's not about the students that are, are in the seat. And I know our, our administrators are good at constantly reminding us that you know, we need to take that time out to get to know our students. They're not just a product. It's about relationships first, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that can go across the board. It doesn't matter uh, what industry you're working in. I I paid my way through university by working in the banking industry. And, you know, so often it was more about the numbers uh, and the dollars and cents than about the people who hold the accounts. Right. So having that little bit of mercy, having that little bit of compassion does make the world a warmer place and a more just place and a, and a happier place. And just as we, we wind up here, and there's one last quote I wanted to kind of share with you, which you've shared with us. And it's the quote that you have uh, to start day one of the 40 days of meditation in love and care for the marginalized. And uh, on the, the page leading into the first day of prayerful reflection uh, there, you have a quote from Rick Warren who's a pastor and an author. And it's, it's such a wonderful quote. And I'd never heard it before. And when I read it, when I was going through your book, it just, it's like, yes, that's exactly what it has to be. Care about what God cares about. Right? Yes. And, I, and I thought that is so, so beautiful. Care about what God cares about is if we put what God cares about first, 
we are going to be showing that mercy to the world around us. Right? Oh, yes. And, and from listening, listening to your story today and having gotten to know you for the, the last two years, and I, I think Dennis will concur with me here that Anne's life is all about caring about what God cares about. And we see Thank that you. we see that in the work that you're that you're doing out there. Right? Absolutely inspirational, and it's it's you really inspired us tonight to to go that extra step for people. And I think that's what you do every day in in your work in God's oh, work. It means so much, and I appreciate you bringing that quote because when I wrote this book, I decided that I wanted to use quotes that were not just specifically from Catholics, although most of them are saints and popes. But I did throw some other ones in there. There were some secular quotes, uh, Christian, you know, Protestant Christian quotes, which that first one, he is a, a Protestant Christian pastor. Right. Um, but the quote is for all of us, isn't yeah. it? I mean, so. Exactly. Thank you for reading that one and, and for your kind words. Nice. And I think very highly of both of you. It's just been such an honor to be on this podcast. I've really been looking forward to it as well. Well, thank you. What, a, what a great first, we were very lucky to have you, Anne, and to be our first female guest. Well, we're both of us are just honored. And once again, Robert, it's, you, it's, picked a, you picked an excellent guest who, who I think our listeners are going to get so much out of this podcast tonight. Yeah, I, I, I don't pick them. God brings them yeah. to the Holy Spirit blow, blows the guests our way. And we truly have been, been blessed. We've been blessed to have Anne on the show uh, I've been blessed with my Kitchissippi Heller High Water Hellas. <laughs> you just love saying that. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, it was a great little beer. Um, and your St. Francis wine, your Cabernet is it's still there, Anne? Still, yeah. Okay. Taking my one beer more is, sip. Yeah, my beer is still here. So again, and thank you so very much for joining us here this evening on the Pints and Pews podcast. And uh, God bless you. God bless your apostolate. God bless your vocation. God bless Angelo, your two daughters. Uh, thanks be to God. And, and, and wonderful news that your your one daughter is getting married in a few months. So, yes. uh, you know, may God bless their marriage. As they, oh, thank you. I, I, I think they have wonderful role models, uh, at least oh. on the one side. I don't know the, the fiance side, <laughs> but I know on this side that they, they have wonderful role models. Well, here's he- a little secret, and it's not really a secret, but uh, more than seven or eight years ago, I, I think it was even more than that, but he was a seminarian mm-hmm. who had left, and then he had discerned out. So as you can imagine, he does know his faith. Wow. In Philadelphia area as well? He's from yes, the area yes. too? Yep. He didn't leave for my daughter, I will say that, because <laughs> <laughs> he's been away from seminary for quite a while, but... But it's wonderful to have a person of faith that really knows and loves his faith. Mm, The the faith is the foundation of a strong marriage. That's right. And if we're ever in the uh, Philadelphia area, we'll uh, definitely look you up, Anne. Please do. I invite you both and your families to come down. We'll do a tour. Oh, that's great. Oh, I'd love a tour of Philadelphia. (laughs) So we'll be there on Saturday. (laughs) (laughs) We'll have to make plans. Anyway. Thank you so very much, Anne. All right. Thanks, Anne. Thank you so much. Um, Bye-bye. Well, Robert, I can't believe that you 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 finally got us our first female guest, and that was what an amazing podcast! Wow, she was amazing. Anne, 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 uh, Anne <laughs> is just an amazing lady. 
Um, I mean, thank you for your promptings, Dennis, that you, you've been the one that's been kind of pushing, like I said, off the top that, you know, we, we need to have a lady guest. And why did it take us a year? I don't know, but we finally did it, but it, it turned out really well. Our first one was, was a special one. That's for sure. Yeah. And, uh, no, she's a wonderful woman does lots of wonderful work, uh, out there between the St. Raymond Onatus foundation right. And her book, Love and Care for the Marginalized. I love that outreach for the marginalized. Yeah. yeah. And, and the podcast. Her that, podcast. That she does. Yeah. Sewing uh, Hope. And, and talking about parenting. So it, it's all wonderful stuff. And she's an amazing woman to work with as well. Right. Uh, like I said, I've had the pleasure of working on three or four projects with her That's right. through the pandemic when there was uh, a lot of you know, virtual outreach and, and a lot of stuff was moving to the internet. Uh, as opposed to in-person. And right. uh, we worked on a few projects together and so easy to work with and so very professional yeah. as well. And so, so pleasant too. Yeah, exactly. And but you're going to send her a cap? Are you we'll, so? We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll get a cap in the mail to her. Yes. And um, hopefully it gets there uh, faster well, you than delivered, the ones you that you delivered we fathers last week. I saw a photo of you on Facebook, even though I don't have Facebook with Father Eric Ma delivering the cap. Why don't you just deliver the cap to hand yeah well just drive down to philadelphia yeah, just Why down not? To philadelphia. There we go. well you could you can get there and back in a weekend robert it's just down the turnpike yeah not a problem but dennis as always the the time seems to have flown by and my hourglass here of the the kitchisippi heller high water is pretty much empty and so is mine for the first time i can say it's just about empty usually it is empty but this time but once again robert always a pleasure both the almost finished pint and the conversation like I said, especially the pint, my friend. Yes, but it's always a pleasure to talk about our Catholic faith as well. Very true. Very true. Now, just before we wrap up, perhaps there's one small favor that we could ask of our listeners. If you could take a quick moment and a couple of clicks to follow the Pints Infused podcast on your favorite platform and give us a review. And while you're at it, give us a like on Facebook and drop us a line there or at pintsandpews at gmail.com. We always enjoy hearing from our listeners. And we'll chat again very soon. God willing. And until then, Dennis, why don't you remind our listeners of the wise words of G.K. Chesterton. In Catholicism, the pint, the pipe, and the cross can all fit together. God bless. <laughs>